Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. hope today. Come on, let's give him some praise in the house. Amen. What a wonderful presence of God in this place. How many are thankful to be in church today? Amen. So good to see each of you here today. Won't you slap somebody a high five and tell them you're looking better than I thought you would? so good to see you in God's house. If this is your first time at Bethesda Church, thank you so much for being with us today. You could have been a lot of places, but you chose to spend it with us, and we are honored that you are here. Bethesda, will you let our guests know that you appreciate them being in-house with us? And we want to welcome our online family as well. Thank you for tuning in. As our ushers prepare to serve us through the giving, through tithes and offerings, just a couple of quick things that I want to hit with you. The first being, we are only two weeks away from grand opening week, and what a week it's going to be. Uh, some of the best preachers on the planet are going to be here April 7th through the 10th. We have some worship artists that will be in-house as well. We have, uh, on April 3rd, we have Iron Bell here on the first Wednesday. Anybody excited about them? It's going to be awesome. I have uh, had a couple questions about... April the 10th, the last night of grand opening week. It's April 7th through the 10th, but we finish up uh, with a night with Jason Crabb, and um, he has a big, big following, and I, I just want you to know, that is a ticketed event. It's the only event that we are doing that's ticketed. Everything else just come, but for that night, uh, his tickets normally range between $30 and $40 a lot of times. Uh, but we got them for you for 15 bucks. You just got to go to itickets.com. You can look up the date or our church, and you can find that info. I would encourage you to go ahead and secure your tickets so that you can be a part of that wonderful night. Anybody excited about that week? Amen. It's going to be a great time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, God, for the miracle that is Bethesda Church all that you've done, all the lives that have been changed. And God, we know that the best is yet to come. God, that what you have in mind is so much bigger than anything we have in mind. So God, as we sow, we know that it's going into fertile ground that will, God, see many lives changed. And God, we're thankful to be a part of that. We ask God that as we give and sow, that you would bless it and multiply it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey there, everybody. I'm Brittany. Welcome to Bethesda Church, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us, especially if this is your first time here. Before we get started today, we wanted to give you a look at some things coming up for you and your family around Bethesda. 
If you are new to Bethesda and want to get connected, Next Steps is the place to be. This is a one-time class that will give you everything you want to know about our church and prepare you to serve on our dream team. Lucky for you, Next Steps is happening Sunday, March 31st during our 11 a.m. worship experience. Simply follow the signage to our brand new dream team room and one of our dream teamers will be happy to help you from there. Here at Bethesda, we believe circles are better than rows, and this is why we are so excited about this semester's Connect groups. Throughout the week, groups of men, women, married couples, and students gather in homes, coffee shops, and restaurants to talk about life, learn more about God, and just have fun together. These are people at all different places in their walk with God. So no matter where you are at in your life, there's a group that's just right for you. Connect groups are happening all week long, and if you haven't already, you can go online to BethesdaChurch.tv to sign up for your group right now. The Connect Group Guide is also available for you to pick up at guest services. This semester, find freedom, get connected, and start sharing life with other people. Scripture tells us in Psalm 96 to sing to the Lord a new song, and here at Bethesda, we have done just that. If you haven't heard, our church has written incredible anthems of worship that we have the opportunity to sing here each and every time that we gather together as a body. And if you enjoy singing these songs every day, we encourage you to check out all of our music available to you in the Bethesda store. Head on over after service and pick up your copy of Breaking Free and Moments today so that you can worship with our church all week long. Well, thanks again for spending your Sunday with us. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, stop by guest services, ask one of our staff members, or visit us online. Thank you so much for your giving. Good morning once again. Excited to be here. Um, really excited about our new space. Last week was so uh, overwhelming and just uh, reminded me of God's goodness and faithfulness. Uh, as we stepped into 2019, I'm going to try to take my time diving into this message. I about uh, lost my voice in the first service. I think I jumped at it a little too hard. Uh, so I'm going to trust the sound guys to make sure that you guys can hear it. And if you can't hear it, I'll kick something and then we'll see if you're hearing it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to kick anything. I don't think. Um, but as we stepped into 2019, I really felt in my heart that it was going to be a year of favor and dominion. And I shared that with you and then just began to meditate on that um, for the last few months and, you know, praying about when I would share about favor and dominion. Uh, good news for you is I'm going to share today on the subject of dominion. Uh, this is a subject that has always been uh, interesting to me, one that I've studied and I've shared uh, and preached and, and taught on this uh, in years past, but I have some, some new content for you today that I think will um, help you navigate your life uh, as it relates to dominion and having authority as a follower of Christ. And I, I just want you to help me out real quick. Everybody shout real quick, say, I have dominion. All right, do you believe that? Yeah. Okay, well, six of you do. Um, rest of you, not sure. By the end of it, I think you'll, you'll come to a place of dominion. I want to call this message, though, I'm going to call this Lean In. Lean In. Now, that's a weird kind of title, talking about dominion. But by the end of the message, it will make sense. It will come full circle. If you'll go with me to Genesis chapter number 1. And while you're turning there, if you actually carry a Bible or opening that up on your mobile device, whatever that looks like for you, uh, turn to Genesis 1. And as you do that, I want you to know God created you to be the head and not the tail. 
above only and not beneath. That's what the scripture says, that we are created to live in this proper place of dominion. He did not create you to be a victim to everything in your life. God did not create you to be a victim. Hit your neighbor and tell them you're not a victim. Doesn't mean that you've never been victimized, but how many know that doesn't have to be your identity? You don't have to continue to live as a victim. Dominion is interesting because it is a mystery to people who do not possess it. People who do not possess dominion wonder how you get it, how it works. But Jesus said to us, the mysteries of the kingdom have been given. That as a follower of Jesus, we have dominion and he wants us to know how this thing works. So my prayer for you today is very simply is that anyone who is under right now, that my prayer is that you come out on top. Is that all right? That, that if you feel like you are under a heavy load, that you're going to come out from under that heavy load uh, with, with these couple of weeks as we talk about this. So let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Drop down to verse 26 of Genesis 1. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Ladies, you got authority over the creeps, all right? Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them four things. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue the earth. Talking about the earth. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. I want you to say it one more time. Say, I have dominion. As a follower of Jesus, you have dominion in the earth. The problem is that a lot of followers of Jesus do not understand that they have authority, that they do not have to live as a victim in this world. And a lot of people never talk about dominion because they have a message of departure, not a message of dominion. See, at, sooner or later in your Christian life, you have to decide. You, you've got to determine whether your theology is going to be built around dominion or departure. Whether we're going to, you know, take over or give it up. Now, I'm not diminishing the return of Jesus. How many of you understand Jesus is coming back? But we are not to sit in a spiritual lazy boy and wait on the return of Christ. He said very clearly, occupy until I return. That you are to do kingdom business, exercising my authority throughout the earth until I return. I'm not just going to sit and wait on Jesus to come back. I, there's some things I need to take authority over. There's some, some things that I need to exercise this dominion that God has given to me. I need to, to operate in that. And so dominion is more than just a few verses in the Bible. It's actually a way of thinking. It's a mentality. It's a worldview. And, and you, you have to develop this and, and grow in this in your walk with Christ. I say all that because it is possible for you to be saved. It's possible for you to be a Christian and you love Jesus, but you are stuck 
in a pattern of thinking that is contrary to what God has said over your life. It is possible to be saved and still live with a victim mindset. And so what we want to do is we want to shift that and let us understand today that what God has put in our hands, that if we can understand that and understand dominion, we can come out of victimization and we can start stepping into the kingdom of God where all things are possible. It, 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 we, we, but it's a, it's a mindset, it, it's a mentality, it's a worldview. Now with that, if, if we fail to exercise dominion and walk in dominion, we, we will sit around all the time and only talk about the negative things. We will only talk about what the devil is doing. Have you ever noticed how Christian people are always talking about what the devil's doing? I mean, you're, you're running, how are you? Well, the devil's wearing me out. <laughs> devil's beating me up. He's wrecking my family. And, and, and listen, the devil is busy, but we did not come today, or any other day for that matter, to talk about the devil. We came to lift Jesus up. The scripture says that if he be lifted up, his enemies would be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. So we're not going to magnify the enemy and what he's doing and talk about what he's doing. We're here to lift Jesus up. When you have a dominion mentality and you, you walk into a place full of unclean spirits, when you have a dominion mindset and the authority of Jesus in your life, when you walk into that room, every unclean spirit has to go. Some of y'all are going to catch it now. Some of y'all are going to catch this in about a month and say, I know what he's talking about now. But it's going to happen. And when you walk into a tough situation and you understand dominion, when you walk in, anything that's not in alignment with God has to walk out. God, God did not create you and I to simply get by, but he, ca he came and he has created us to exercise authority in the earth. Now look at this. I want to show you how it works. Genesis 1 and 1 again. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, empty, darkness over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. At the very end, I'm going to give you four principles on how to exercise dominion, but I have to, I have to set this up by giving you some principles that I think will help you realize the importance of you becoming who God has called you to be. Is that fair? All right, so the first thing I want you to get, if you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Okay, number one, chaos is the default position. Chaos is the default position. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, which means that chaos was built into the system. All right, just track with me. I'm going to build line upon line with this until we get it. Chaos is the default position. The only thing that has to happen for chaos to exist is nothing. The only thing that has to happen in your life for chaos to stay present is for you to do nothing. All right, track with me for just a moment. There is a reason that God says you are created from the earth because everything in the earth, I'm, I'm not just talking about the earth, I'm talking about your life. Chaos is the default position, that if we do nothing, chaos.
chaos will always be present. And, and the other thing, the more pressure that you are under, the more you lean towards chaos. We hit the default button and we go into chaos. Now, let, let's, let's make that practical because some of you are like, what's he talking about? For some of us, our, our default position that we call chaos is we throw temper tantrums. And we live in temper tantrums. For some of us, our default position is pouting. For some of us, when the pressure's really on, the default position is we take our ball and we go home. We don't want to play anymore. Right? We, we have people that are fight and flight. And, and the reason is because everything bends towards chaos. If you don't exercise authority, you're going to end up in a place called chaos. All right? Does that make sense to everybody? Now, the reason we know that that's how it works is that when we throw our temper tantrums and we pout and we complain and we speak negative and we just go with the flow and we're that Christian where the devil's wearing us out all the time and we got to talk about all the time what the devil's doing and, and how many haters we got and, and we, we just live in that world. How many know that, that if you can come to your senses long enough, you always feel bad about hitting that default position. You never feel good about your temple, temper tantrum. You never feel good about pouting for a long time. Chaos is the default position. If nothing happens, chaos is present because everything bends towards chaos. Let me give you a natural principle. You may love your new car, but it will rust. Everything is devolving. Your car will not be better later. That's good news, isn't it? It's awesome. Everything bends towards chaos. Second, let's put this principle on top of it. Chaos is the absence of order. It's the absence of order. It's the default position. Everything bends towards chaos. And everything left to itself automatically moves toward chaos. If you buy a piece of property after church, you buy some land, I promise you the weeds will grow faster than the flowers. Now y'all know what I'm talking about. You and your wife, you go ahead and have a bunch of kids and do nothing with them. I promise they will not turn out to be upstanding adults. Eat everything you want and never move. Or do a push-up. Your body will not build muscle by itself. Everything bends towards chaos. Chaos is the absence of order. That's why the, the other thing we have to understand too is that there is a reason why chaos wears you out. There is a reason why chaotic people make you tired. Now, some of you, you're like, I don't know what he's talking. Maybe you're the chaotic person. I, I don't know. But, but it wears you out because God never intended for you and I to live in chaos. When, when God comes to the earth, he finds it void and he finds darkness upon the face of, of the deep. And the scripture lets us know that nothing was living in the chaos. Nothing's living there. 
Because God did not design you to live in chaos. Let's make a, a more modern term for that. God did not wire you and create you to live in drama. Oh, yeah, I just went there. Yeah, he, he didn't create you to live in drama. Some people, they are so full of drama that, w- that when they walk in, order walks right out the door. That, that you, you, you can have something good going, but they walk in and it turns it upside down. All because of the drama in their life. You got to be careful what kind of project you let them in on. Because what was easy with drama folk becomes difficult. Some of y'all are going to get real quiet. Don't look at your neighbor while I'm talking about this. Thirdly, let's put another line on it. Chaos is a cry for order. It's a cry for order. When you see chaotic situations in your life that continue to repeat themselves, that is everything in your world crying out saying, this needs some order. It needs some direction. And I don't know what it is about Christian people that think that you get something just because you want something. God don't move on want to. The world don't move on want to. Just because you want something doesn't mean that you're going to get something. Wherever you see chaos, it is a cry for order. And chaotic people... If we we are attached to them, we have to be very careful what we put in their hands because you don't know what they're going to do with it and take it a step further. They don't know what they're going to do with it. And so we have to understand the importance of order. Chaos causes confusion and it, it, it also makes life become unpredictable. You cannot have dominion and be attached to chaos at the same time. Sooner or later, you're going to have to shake off chaotic people, drama people, people that misrepresent everything, storm starters. You know, they always mad about something. You, you got to disconnect from that. You got to lose your attraction to drama. But what I've learned over the years is some people are addicted to drama. It gives them a buzz. It makes their blood start pumping a little faster. It, it, it causes them, you know, to, to, to be excited because they're so used to living like that. The fourth thing, I told you I was going to give you six, and then we're going to come back with four how-tos. Fourth, it's impossible for order to occur randomly. If you just sit and let everything go in your life and think it's going to work out, you are fooling yourself. It's impossible for order to occur randomly. When I walk into a building like this, I know this building didn't just fall out of the sky. I know there's a builder somewhere. If I see a great marriage, a couple that has an incredible marriage, I know that didn't just happen. They have ordered that. It didn't occur randomly. They have worked on that. Take it a step further. If an explosion happens in a library, how many of you understand it's impossible for all those books to fall into alphabetical order? If they're in order, it's because somebody took time to order it, to exercise dominion over it, which leads me to number five. The presence of order tells me that force has been exercised over chaos. There is a reason why God allowed chaos to be the default position 
God allowed chaos to be the default position so that I would know anything left to itself would move towards chaos. Anything left alone. Again, it is the absence of order. It will not, order will not take place randomly. If you leave this, this church service today and you drive by somebody's house, and their grass is cut, and their hedges are trimmed, and they got the beautiful, the most beautiful yard you've ever seen. You know that thing didn't just pop out there. Somebody exercised authority. Does that make sense? Somebody did something about it. Now with that, number six, let's put one more on that. Whenever I see order, I should look to find its source. I should look to find its source. Where did this force come from that exercised itself over the chaos? I am an ordered being. You are also an ordered being. If I see myself as an ordered being in an ordered system, then I understand that that order is not going to take place randomly. There's something that has to be done. In the midst of a universe where everything is bent towards chaos, if I find something ordered, in order, I know some, something or someone has exercised force over the chaos. I'm walking somewhere, all right? Hit your neighbor and say, wake up. Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. You will in a minute. I'm an ordered being. God then, watch this, he planted a garden right? The Garden of Eden, an ordered system. And he placed man, okay, Adam and Eve, he placed man into the garden. They were ordered beings. And from that place, what we have to understand, God never spoke to them in the chaos. God never spoke to them in a jungle. God put them in an ordered system, and then he began to speak to them. He talked to them from a place of order. That's why the enemy spends so much time trying to provoke you into drama and keeping your family in dysfunction and messing with your money, all that stuff. It, it, it's an attempt to bring you out of a place of order into a place of chaos because as long as you and I live in chaos, we can't receive the blessing of dominion. I want you to get this. A lot of times we are missing the blessing of dominion. Because we're wanting to hear from God, but we got, we got music blaring, we got two TVs on, our kids are screaming, the dog, the dog is barking, and something's burning in the oven, and we wonder why we can't hear from God. God is not going to speak in the midst of your chaos. He's going to wait for you to order some things, to silence some things, and then he's going to speak to it because he's not the author of confusion. Come on, he's a God of order. And so we have to order some things to prepare our hearts to receive what God has. So God can do what he wants, but if we got all this drama going on in our lives, some of it, we like, God hasn't spoke to me in seven years. And the truth is, you've had drama for the last seven years. There's not been enough order in your life for God to speak. And even if he did speak, you would have missed it. Because there's so much going on. Now, we, part of that means we have to be able to produce an environment of order so that God can move in our lives. God wants us to increase, very clear. He wants us to walk in dominion. 
But he told us very clearly, and this is the four points I had to get to. This is the how-to. He told them, he said, I want you, told Adam and Eve, he said, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply, replenish, and subdue. Four things that connect to dominion. Let's look at these one by one. Number one, he said, be fruitful. Everybody say, be fruitful. When God said, be fruitful, he wasn't just talking about having kids only. Being fruitful means that you got to find something you're good at. How, how often do we spend time working on something we're not good at? And we never, we never hit a place of fruitfulness. Find something you are good at. The reason this is important is because fruitfulness pulls you out of victimization. Where you wait on somebody to do something for you. Fruitfulness says, I'm good at something. Fruitfulness says, I can accomplish something. I can find at least one thing that God put in me that I'm good at. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell them you can do something. Oh, that's the wrong neighbor. Find a new one. Come on, tell them. You can do something. Be fruitful. Find something you are good, good at. The earth was without form and void. And, and the reason I want you to see Adam and Eve, their connection to the earth, is that everything in the earth bends towards chaos, but you and I were created from the earth, okay? Adam, his name means mud man, all right, from the earth. And so we also, if left alone and we do nothing, we also tend to go toward chaos. Everything bends towards it. Dominion, though, I want you to get this, dominion then begins with self. This is the first earth you have to exercise dominion over. I don't know how many Christians that I'll run into and they say, I'm believing God for nations and, and God to change the world and they can't even control their own emotions. The first earth that I have to take dominion over, it, it has nothing to do with anything out here. The first earth that I have to bring into subjection to the will of God is not out here, but the first earth is in here. I gotta be able to take dominion over my attitude and my emotions and, and the stuff in me before I can exercise dominion anywhere else. So many people struggle with that. But Galatians 5, verse 22, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you, if you don't do anything else as it relates to dominion, start right here and start growing some love and joy and peace and kindness and gentleness. Start grow, growing your own garden before you start messing with everybody else's garden. Oh, I'm about to preach now. I may kick something in a minute. We, we, we have to exercise dominion here first. The problem is that we live in a world that emphasizes gifts and ignores fruit. We, we, we emphasize gifts, but we ignore fruit. And so we got people that have great gifts, but no fruit. And this becomes problematic because we have grace for you when you first get saved. Like, we know you're going to cuss and lie a little bit and you're working it out, right? Come on, somebody, smile at me. Some of us have been saved 29 years and we still cussing and lying a little bit. Like, you're still trying to work that out. 
But, but we got grace for you. The problem is you've been saved 20 years. You got a great gift, but you are still mean. That's a problem. And so the world looks at us and says, they got some great gifts, but man, they're not really any different. They don't have joy. They don't have love. They have no dominion over their own emotions. Oh, yeah. I'm in the right church. I, I, I just figured it out. I'm in the right church. When you feel like you cannot control everything outside your life, begin with your own garden. <laughs> Tweet that one. Begin with your own garden. He said, be fruitful. I got to move on. Secondly, he said, multiply. I want you to notice, you have to be fruitful before you can multiply. Fruitfulness comes before multiplication. The problem that we have is that not only can we multiply our fruitfulness, hear your pastor for a minute, we can multiply our unfruitfulness. We can take one thing that's not working for, for us and we can turn that one thing into two things. We can take two things that are not, that's not working for us and we can turn two things into four things. How many of you have ever walked into a bad situation and after you showed up it got worse, not better? Rest of y'all holy, you're ready for Jesus, I'm working on me, okay? No, y'all have never done that, it's just a me thing. Um, so we become fruitful, then we multiply. Number three, we're, hit your neighbor and say, we're almost done. He said replenish. The word re replenish is an interesting word because replenish means to add a new source to the thing. To add a new source to the thing. So what is going to govern your world is not going to be an old thing. It's going to be a new thing. Order doesn't occur randomly. Jesus said you cannot put new wine in an old wine skin. Okay? So, so replenish has the idea of putting something new. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, try something new. What, what you've been doing for the last eight years, it's not working for you. We love you, but it's not working. So you, you need to put a new thing on that. Add a, a new source to it. That's what it means. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish. And I preached all morning to get right here. Number four, he said, subdue it. Subdue. Subdue has a couple of meanings. One of the meanings is to struggle. The word subdue actually means to struggle. Subdue the earth. Subdue against the earth. In a broader sense, okay, we are struggling against the earth. Not just out here. How many know we're struggling against this earth? We're struggling right here, subduing this. So in a broader sense, I want you to get this. It means to lean in to the chaos. To lean in to the chaos. Hit your neighbor real quick and tell them, lean in. It means that if you take your multiplied fruitfulness and your ability to add a new source to it, and you understand that you have dominion, watch this, Christians, watch this, body of Christ, Bethesda Church. It means that you can lean into the chaos 
and bring it into subjection to the will and the purpose of God. That's why I started by saying you don't have to live as a victim all the days of your life. You, you can lean in. A lot of times the reason we don't bring order to anything or exercise dominion is that we want to sweep things under the rug. We want to turn and run the other way. But I came by to tell the devil and everybody, we're not running from the chaos. We're running into the chaos because God has given us dominion. Somebody say dominion. He has given us dominion, which means that I'm not running from it, but I'm actually going to lean in. I'm going to struggle against this earth. I'm going to struggle against what, whatever the enemy's trying to do in my family, my money, come on, my children, whatever he's trying to do. I'm not running from it. I, I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to bring some order to the chaos that is going on around me because God has given me dominion. I wonder who I'm talking to that needs to start exercising the dominion that God has given them. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Now watch this. Can y'all stand for like five minutes without getting mad? We just talked about fruit, all right? I need you to have a little patience right here. God created you for dominion. Okay, he did. He created you for it. He did not create you to live in chaos. And so I have to take the seeds that God has planted in me. I've got to become fruitful. I got to multiply. I got to replenish and then I got to subdue. I got to lean in. Even when I don't want to have that tough conversation with my spouse, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to lean into it. Even if I got a child that's running, running from God, I'm going to lean into that chaos and believe. Because the other thing you got to understand, God didn't name the animals. He made Adam do it. Watch this. Anything you name, you have authority over. The animals responded to Adam, watch this, as if Adam was God. I'm, I'm not saying Adam was God, but the animals responded to him as if he was God, because whatever you name, you also have authority over. And so, listen, your children, you name them. They're your seed, your fruitfulness, your multiplication, they are yours. The devil can mess with them, fight with them, come against them, but we come to announce to the devil, we have authority over our kids. And we, we're gonna speak life. We're gonna lean into that chaos and believe that, that we can bring it into subjection to the will of God. We have to lean in, church. We can't fix these issues in our world running from them. We can't fix the issues in our families running from it. You've got to be able to lean in. You've got, you got, you got to be fruitful and multiply your fruitfulness. God says, I've given you dominion over every flying thing, swimming thing, every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, over every creeping thing. I, I love this because God is basically telling you that where you are, is a no demonic activity zone. That's what he's saying to you. Now, now some of us, we're frustrated because today we're standing here hearing a message about dominion. And the truth is, we've had some things stolen from us. Whether it be joy, whether it be a relationship, 
whatever it may be. You, you, and when, how many know when, when something has been stolen from you, it makes you feel violated? But what the devil don't know is that whatever he took, not only do I get that, I have to get back more than he took. I have to get back more than he took. That's scriptural. I have to get back more than he took. And God, watch this, he will punish the devil for messing with you. He will punish the devil. Listen, he's not going to allow what the enemy has done to you to stand. And I know some of you, you've lost opportunities. You've lost your joy. You've lost all of those things. But, but I just want to put this in your spirit. God has given you dominion. You're not going to live the rest of your life as a victim. You're going to live the rest of your life operating in the dominion that is rightfully yours, that was paid for by Jesus Christ. If you believe it, come on, give him the best praise you have all day today. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a moment? I want to speak to the people that are here or watching online that you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to be saved and forgiven. You need to make Him the Lord of your life. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, I, I need to be saved. I want to be saved. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me. I, I need Jesus to save me. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Another one. God bless you. Anyone else? You say, that's me, Pastor. Another one there. God bless you. Another one there. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Eight, eight people online. Is that right? Eight people online want to be saved. How awesome is that? Had to do a double take. Anyone else say, that's me today? Just, just throw your hand up if that's you. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is going to be a great moment for you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Let's pray to get together today. Every voice say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself. So Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, to come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate all those people. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Prayer team and staff, please come forward. We're going to open up these altars to pray with you. If you have anything in your life that, that you need prayer for, we're here to do that. We want to put our faith with your faith as we do this last worship song. So don't miss out on that. Let's give Jesus one more big praise before we sing. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.